I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The right of the people to keep and wear orange shall not be infringed. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at Q's Militia Podcast and follow on Twitter at Q's Militia. All right, what's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it with your friends and family. And if you do uh, listen on iTunes, we would really appreciate if you could um, give, a, give a rating and a review. That helps us get noticed by other people, especially Q's fans who are searching iTunes for uh, a good uh, Q Sports podcast to listen to. So, uh, And as always, subscribe. That would be awesome. So today we're going to look at the 2018 Syracuse Orange football offensive unit. But first, uh, real quick, I want to say thanks to James on guitar. That's my buddy James. I've never given James a formal shout-out on the air uh, on guitar in the open and the close of the show. So give him his due. And uh, special thanks to Zach. He's a listener that reached out to us. And we have kind of been, I don't know, Joe, what would you call it? What would we be like on Twitter? <laughs> Not very active. We need no, some, we, no. we, we need some help. Anyway, Zach uh, helped us out with that, and uh, he deserves a shout out. So we'll actually yep. try to get Zach on during basketball season. Um, so uh, that's it. And speaking of which, social media, we did before we get into the offense and all that stuff. We did put out a Twitter poll um, at syr ball. B-A-L-L, S-Y-R-B-A-L-L. Uh, and the question was, if I could find it, <laughs> uh, if Dungy stays healthy this year, how many games will the Orange win? So, Joe, what personally what did you say? The, 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 um, the choices were 0 to 5, 6 to 8, or 9 plus. I probably would have went with the majority. The majority was 68, 65% of 305 people. Uh, voted for around six to eight. I think six was six or seven was my number. And I think it, you know, back when the schedule came out. Uh, yeah. Nine plus twenty percent uh, huh. believe that they're going to win nine plus, and uh, a measly fifteen percent thinks that they'll only win uh, zero to five games. So it's uh, kind of amazing to me. But. Yeah, I mean the the question is too. I mean there is a there is a preface to the question, which is if Dungey stays healthy. 
Right. You know, so I just think it's kind of crazy that there's more people that pick nine plus than zero to five. <laughs> I know that's a good, that's a good point. That's but... a good point. So, uh, speaking of Dungey, we did do the, um, the, the numbers on Dungey. You, you put together like a quick little hit and we, we did it in the last episode and we tweeted it, but just real quick hit on that. And then I want to go into um, some things of Dungy so far in his career. I mean, he is a senior. So, uh, you know, he's got some things built up. And he might have done things that I don't think maybe some people haven't realized. So, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, he – I try not to count his freshman year. I mean, he was kind of exciting, but he was definitely, um, you know, small. Which reminds me, dude, he's huge now. Uh, yeah, he's huge. So. Yeah, so when he his first year under Schaefer, uh, when Terrell Hunt got hurt, he I mean he played good, but he just he just wasn't ready to do that, you know. And he was he got knocked out a couple of times. He got injured, and um, so for the sake of you know obviously this argument, I mean Schaefer's not here anymore as a new head coach. So I just looked back the last two years uh, um, underneath uh, Coach Babers, and you know looking back at it, just we've had a very very difficult schedules in both years, especially last year. And to see just the difference from the first year to the second year, um, for first year we played against some great offenses, some great quarterbacks, and it was a first year transition on uh, a different system. So, um, but still uh, on, on top of all of that, we, out of all the games that uh, Dungey has, has finished um, in the last two years, we've, We've been eight and nine, and we haven't won a game when he hasn't started. So, or finished the game, I should say. Right. Um, and the only teams that we've lost to uh, that didn't make a bowl game that year was actually it was just one, and it was Notre Dame uh, our first year. So, uh, last year you saw it when he was in there. Um, I think we definitely should have won that Middle Tennessee State game, and I think there were some emotions and some stuff going on in that game, but all the other games that we lost when Dungy healthy against, you know, basically good, good names. You know, you hear LSU, Miami, Florida state, you know, Clemson, NC state. I mean, NC state last year was pretty good, but you hear those teams. I mean, those are football pedigree teams. So, um, that's what you hear. And, and we played those teams tough and definitely saw a difference from one to the other. And I just, I expected, you know, if we see a similar jump in a, a season where we don't have uh, a, as difficult schedule as we've had the last couple of years. Um, you know, I just think there's a very, a very good chance to have a pretty good season. So, yeah, they got him listed now six three two oh two. Like you said, he kind of started out small, but he's no, he's like two thirty. He's yeah, right, exactly. He, I mean, over the off season, yeah. he's he's gained a ton of weight and, and it's yeah. all muscle too. The guy's jacked. Um, in how many games was he out last year? Five. Four? No, it was three. It was three. Was it only three? Okay, my yeah. bad. Um, well, in 2017, he still threw for 2,495 yards, 14 touchdowns. He finished mm-hmm. with a QB rating of 122.8, becoming SU's most proficient quarterback since Ryan Nassib. I thought that was crazy because, you know, you could go, I guess you could go either way with those numbers, improving or, you know. Maybe. No, he almost had 600 yards rushing, too. Yeah, not to, yeah and, exactly. And I think 10 rushing touchdowns. Right. 
So, so. Uh, well, he, he said, you know, he, he, <clears throat> he's gained some weight. He's feeling good. His foot is feeling good in that, you know, basically he's got a new foot right now. Okay, that makes me feel good. Yes. But, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think he needs to be a little more careful. Uh, yep, in, in his he junior, does, in so. his junior season, he set a record. And he ranked sixth at the FBS, which is the uh, Football Bowl subdivision, in total yeah. offense for three hundred and forty-three point three yards per game, and uh, topped the ACC for completions of twenty-five. So, in nine games, he completed two hundred twenty-five out of three thirty-seven pass attempts, fifty-nine point seven for twenty-four hundred ninety-five yards. 14 touchdowns and nine interceptions. So, yeah, uh, that was his his junior year. Those those stats come from a, a good little website. If you haven't been there, sujuiceonline.com. You ever check that one out, Joe? Yeah, I checked it out every once okay. in a while. Right. I think ov- overall he had I think combined close to 3,000 yards rushing, and I think it was 24 touchdowns. So it's pretty good for nine games. Yeah, it is. So we've got uh, uh, let's take a. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Look at the running backs, and then you get to have to take over for the receiving core, because that's where it gets a little... Murky, I think. Um, well, before before we go to the running backs, I do want to hit on the fact that we do have uh, some depth. Uh, we've grown some depth in that position. Um, it's not going to be Zach Mahoney coming in anymore if Dungey oh, does get hurt. True, right. So, um, you know, there's Tommy DeVito, Rex Culpepper, great story with him and beating his uh, his cancer over the, the summer and coming in and throwing a, a touchdown in spring ball, you know. So, um, but I think Tommy DeVito is – is a step up from Mahoney, even though he's inexperienced and um, definitely think that there's a chance that uh, I'm more confident now than I have been in the past three years that a backup can actually come in and maybe win a game if the starter does get hurt. So, you know, um, 
Yeah, so but I'm the, definitely uh, a little happy about that. But at the same time, that's not to say that I want to see Dungey go down. So no, absolutely nothing, not. Nothing but, more than me. I'd love nothing more than to see him his senior year finally finish the season and and bring Syracuse to a bowl game on his way out. So. Absolutely, and that's kind of what that's kind of what I'm hoping for. That'd be a great, perfect ending to a career where he gave everything. Yeah. <laughs> so absolutely. Uh, yeah. The, the, the talent has, the, the gap has narrowed for sure with DeVito. I think everybody feels that, um, you know, there's a little bit more confidence with fans in DeVito. So yeah, obviously. So, um, with that, running backs. with that said, Dante Strickland, he's a senior this year, 5'11, 204 pounds. That's what he's listed as. Um, so, <clears throat> He's got. Um, he's appeared in 34 games, and his career rushed for 1,129 yards with 311 carries, nine touchdowns, 48 receptions, 411 yards, and four TDs. So, uh, last year he finished third on the team with 482 yards and four scores. Um, yep. Pretty good, solid player. Solid player with a great backup. I mean, you have anything to say about Strickland being a no, senior? I mean, he's he's been good. Uh, he's, I'm hoping for a breakout senior year. You saw glimpses last year. Uh, there were some teams that we definitely had some good runs against, uh, that really good touchdown where, uh, against Clemson, the first one, um, to open the game where he caught a little swing pass and, um, or a little out and broke a tackle and went up the sideline. Um, so you seen, you see glimpses, um, and he's definitely, I think, our best pass protection uh, running back. So that's one of the main reasons why you're going to see him starting in there. But there's going to be they're going to be splitting carries between him and Moniel. So right. And is there anything to be said for when Dino came in and he did move to the up tempo offense? There's maybe some struggle with the running backs and stuff like that because it was some. If you look at the the first year. With Dino there, he was averaging 3.2 yards, and he improved to 4.1 right. last season. That's a that's a solid gain, and it, I mean, yeah. to me, 4.1 yards a carry that's pretty good. I mean, it's not yeah. spectacular, it's not but bad. it's good. No. Um. So, anything to be said for the up tempo offense? You think maybe, you know, it took some while to acclimate to it, or anything like that. You really never know. I mean, all that really comes down to. I mean, you really have to get down to the the nuts and bolts of the thing and understand the player a little bit better and be able to actually uh, watch him. So, I mean, some players play better in certain systems than others. That's why certain people are recruited to certain systems and teams. Um, but some can, can find a home pretty much anywhere. So um, you don't really know. And we weren't in practice and didn't really see the internal struggles. So you never really know, but uh, it seems like he picked it up better than any other running backs. And that's why he's been starting this whole time. So, um, yeah. By the way, those numbers too—the average from three point two to four point one—that was the running backs as a as an entire unit. So just right. Just so you know. and hopefully that'll get higher with our offensive line. So yeah, and I think but, I um, mean Mo Neal. If, yeah. if this, I think he's going to be a junior this year. Yeah, he's a playmaker. He's a speedy guy. He is. I think what was his first play? Um, For a touchdown. Yeah, wasn't it? His fresh his freshman year. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was it? Um, I had it on here. Anyway, it doesn't matter. No. Uh, he's he's listed he's listed as five, five at five eleven one ninety one, and um, he in twenty four games he's rushed for eight hundred and forty five yards, three touchdowns on one hundred and sixty three carries. He also caught fourteen passes for one hundred and seventy six yards and a touchdown. Yeah, his first rush was a forty nine yard score. 
Yeah. So. I would look to see him probably go out and catch more balls this year. Um, like screens and, and stuff like that? or Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, there was talk of him possibly moving him to slot when he first got there because, I mean, yeah. Irv Phillips came in as a running back and moved to slot. So there was talk about it. Um, I did read an article that he he bulked up a little bit this year. Um, so he's going to be physically uh, more ready to go in there and pass block and gain the coach's confidence when it comes to that kind of stuff. So, I mean, he does average 12.6 yards per reception. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, he's <laughs> that's he's, pretty awesome. He's a good, he's a playmaker, man. Yeah, and he's so, got he averages 5.3 yards per rush. They mix it up, so, so. yeah. Babers loves him yeah. too. He spoke highly of him. So, yeah. Um and he finished I guess he he finished the last two games of last season. Um Yeah, Strickland was hurt. Yeah, 98 yards, 19 carries against Louisville and 88 yards, 13 rushes against BC. So, um I think look for him to have a breakout year. In my opinion, I just so think the if, over. If, I think overall, the running backs are just going to look better as a whole this year. Yeah, uh, yeah. I haven't heard too much about Mackenzie Pierre, uh, the freshman that played a little bit last year, who was third string. Um, he had expectations coming in, but he's still young. And uh, I've actually heard some pretty good things out of camp as far as uh, Jarvion Howard, the the rookie, or sorry, rookie freshman uh, running back out of Mississippi that we went and pulled out of Mississippi, small school out in the country. <laughs> and um, they say that guy is just built like a, 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 a truck. Like, he, yeah. for, for an 18-year-old kid, the kid um, is, is pretty big size. And um, I know that at some point here soon or shortly or before the season, we're probably going to hear more about whether or not he's going to play or not. But from what I've heard, he's definitely, you know, if you can get in there and learn the playbook, then the guy's definitely physically ready to come in and help us. So, yeah, cool. All right. Well, anything else? Do you have anything else you want to touch on as far as running backs go? I think that like you were saying, I, th- I think that just overall as a whole, I think the, all the running backs are just going to look better and have better stats this year based upon the fact that our our offensive line, uh, Dino Babers, he said it in the ACC, uh, the ACC media, media day, day that it's the best offensive line that he's had since he's been here. So why wouldn't we be able to run the ball better? Yeah, absolutely. And just real quick, too, speaking of Babers, uh, the scrimmage, um, if it's worth anything, we'll do the defense next week. But he did say that scrimmage they had last Saturday that uh, he, he said, put it this way, the defense is up one nothing. So yeah. not for anything. You always want to see your offense do good. And some people may be like, oh, really? But no, that's a, I think that's a good sign. I yeah. think it's a good sign that the defense is because they switched. And we'll, we'll talk about more. We'll talk more yeah. about that. Well, they, they I think that's part of the glaring weakness i think probably babers set it up that way because from what i've heard out of camp uh the d-backs have just been destroying the wide receivers this year in camp so far yeah uh well that's not much to say too about the the receiving core is kind of young no yeah it's young and it's just not even it's not even hit the the first chapter of what it could be by the end yeah. of the year, yeah. you know, yeah. there's just so much opportunity out there and competition breeds competition. And all we need is some guys to just step up. And I mean, they were all the man in high school. You were all confident like that in high school. And then you step up and play better competition and you got to have that same mentality. And, 
you just got to hope that some of these new guys we got coming in or some of the redshirt freshmen that are coming in from sitting out last year Plus have you, that. You got Cordy back there now on on defense. He used to play a little slot receiver too. So, Well, they tried to. They, yeah, they, they tried, tried to move him in. I mean, there. he's always played safety, but they tried to throw him in there, and I right. guess he went up to – to Babers during spring practice and told him he didn't want to play there. So, <laughs> yeah, basically. Babers is basically, well, I'm not going to play somebody where he doesn't want to play. Exactly. That makes no sense. Yeah. Um, so, I'd say that there's definitely a big question mark. And uh, I think that we have returning talent with experience, but it's all inconsistent. And that's really where the question marks I mean, come up. Who do you look to? Who do you look to to lead the, the, to be the leader on the wide receiver end? Like, uh, who's, who's, think... who can be the go to guy that's going to, get it done, you know, on, on maybe third and five or third and six, you know? I think that it could be a lot of people. I think that we've spent a lot of scholarships the past couple of years bringing in uh, receivers. We've moved some people into different other positions and stuff like that. And honestly, I think you start or you start with Jamal Custis, senior uh, he's got all the physical tools and he's had good camps and you've heard about it for the past two years about how he's the next breakout star, breakout star. And it was always somebody else. I'm bad at or Steve Ishmael. And um, now this is his last chance to basically, you know, to do it. And you have Devin Butler, who's going to be a, a junior and he's um, he's definitely got some experience and some good. He had some good plays last year. He was a former quarterback. So He's thrown a couple touchdowns as well and some trick plays, but he's inconsistent as well. And Sean Riley as well is another name that you probably remember more for special teams. You know, with uh, doing kickoffs and, and punt returns, uh, he did play slot, catch some balls, but again, inconsistent. Uh, the one play I think about him last year was the uh, drop that he had in the end zone at LSU that could have put us over the edge uh, against LSU down there in Baton Rouge and just right through his hands. So again, uh, just inconsistency from the top three, the most experienced and um, it's more like just drops, you know? So really uh, you're looking at for people that can just come in and anybody underneath them, if they come in with any type of consistency with catching the ball, then I don't think the experience or or the physical, you know, comparison is going to matter. So, uh, and other names that I've heard underneath uh, him is Nikeem Johnson, who played last year as a true freshman. Not that much. You probably don't remember him, but uh, he was he was really highly touted coming out of uh, the camps last year, and they thought he was probably going to do more than what he did. Um, and then they have uh, freshmen that they're talking about out of camp, uh, Anthony Queeley and Ed Hedricks, who are both true freshmen, and um, they're uh, – they're saying that they're making some good plays in camp. Uh, Sherrod Johnson, a redshirt freshman last year, alongside with Cameron Jordan and even Russell Thompson Bishop. Uh, true freshman Cooper Lutz, who was a f- uh, running back in high school that's transitioning to slot receiver, really good playmaker. So um, there's options out there. And, you know, alongside with Ravion Pierce, who they're going to look to a lot for, you know, their senior um, tight end. Uh, a lot of people are saying he's going to be an NFL tight end. So hopefully him and Dungy has got something going on this year. And like we talked about earlier with the running backs coming out of the backfield. So um, it's a lot. there's options. It, yeah, there's a lot of options. It's just Still comes down to big... just the consistency. We're not asking yeah. for an Amba at a towel. We're not asking for a Steve Ishmael. We're just asking for some guys that can go out and just catch the ball at a consistent ba- level. Basic. 
basic wide receiver stuff. Yeah. That's all you Basically. gotta do, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because there's plenty and, of and, guys, you know. And like yeah. like you said, you know, they're they're gonna be fighting. You know, mm-hmm. while while they're still teammates, this it's wide open. So yeah. you want you want minutes, you better you better make the plays. Yeah. Well, there, I mean there's there's definitely there's there's plenty of, of speed and there's plenty of height, especially with the outside receivers and uh you know, what really lacks is the experience and the guys that are experienced, like we talked about having a con- inconsistency of catching the ball. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens out of camp and it's, it's not even close to being over. And, and I, if I was a betting man, I would bet that who's ever starting receivers the first week might not even be the same starting receivers week two or week three. So that's going to move around and there's going to be a lot of substitutions and stuff. And eventually the cream's going to rise to the top. Yeah. What about uh, did you touch any? You touched on tight ends briefly. Oh, well, uh, there's not too much. Yeah, there's I, not a whole I lot mean, going on there, is there? <laughs> I mean, well, Ravion Pierce because right. of how good, how good he really is. We all know it's, that name, right? Yes, and it's only going to be. It's even going to be even more after this year. I mean, he's going to be one of those guys that, you know. I mean, we have Aaron Hackett, Jesse Connors, a uh, couple other guys who might come in you know, give him a spell and stuff like that. But when you have, when you have a tight end like that, when you have NFL, NFL guys coming and checking out Ravion Pierce as an NFL tight end. And, and a lot of people talking about him like that. And you could see the pass catching ability last year. Um, he's just got to get more opportunities. So hopefully he can stay away from some dumb penalties and dumb plays that he had last year. But uh, he definitely was a playmaker and he's definitely going to have to be relied upon. Um, the other guys are more going to be for substitution spells, uh, for Ravion Pierce, so he can get some breathers and uh, and just basically blocking. So that's pretty yeah, much blocking. What... Mentioned blocking. Blocking is going to be key. And uh, you know, we heard Babers talk about the offensive line. So what there is going to be different this year that's going to make them better? Why is why do you think Dungey's so high on on them this year as compared to last year? Well, Dungy, the coach, uh, just I remember a couple years ago um, when I saw a bunch of their freshmen and and they were starting. And I just remember, you know, the offensive line, it was kind of I mean, we were starting a lot of young guys when when Schaefer was there near the end. And then with Dino Babers, when he got some of his recruits in there. And I just remember thinking like, oh, this could be ugly early. But when these guys get two, three years under their belt then we're going to have a pretty experienced offensive line, especially when we had injuries like the Aaron Roberts injury last year. You know, he's, I hit it, I hit on it last um, podcast. He was supposed to be our best, one of our best uh, offensive linemen last year. And he uh, got hurt in the off season and he sat out and he's back this year and now he's fighting for his position. So that just kind of tells you how much growth, you know, and Dino Babers and AZC media day, he talked about, how big and strong they are. Um, so when you take away the fact that you have, I think what seven or eight different offensive linemen that have actually started a decent amount of games, um, we got, we had four guys already that had started pretty much all year last year with Cody Conway and, uh, Aaron surveys, Sam Heckle and Evan Adams. And then we get Aaron Roberts back. So, you know, that looks like that's going to be the starting lineup with a couple other subs who've had some, some some experience and then we go ahead and we we get this graduate transfer uh coda martin from texas a&m he started seven eight games in texas a&m last year at tackle so that's um, uh 
he's he's uh, a grad, right? You said that. Yeah, right? he's a, okay. yeah he's a graduate transfer. His also, father, right, his father ahead. is the um, his father is the quarterback coach that just got hired this past year, and uh, Dino he's married to Dino Baber's daughter, so he's Dino Baber's uh, son in law. Son in law, yeah, right. So, um, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of, yeah. Right. So, you know, he doesn't want to let him down and (laughs) make an awkward Thanksgiving. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, and they're already talking about him pretty much one of those things where they kind of know that he's coming in and playing, taking a starting role, probably taking McGloster, you know, the, the, the tackle that we lost last year on the right side, probably taking his position, but he, you never know him and Cody Conway, they might switch left side, right side, depending but uh, either way, to know that we have that kind of experience, you know, four starters from last year, and then you bring in a guy that was supposed to be your best lineman last year off of injury, and then another graduate transfer from an SEC school that you know is a starter. So we have depth, and even if when and when other guys who think that they should be starting get a chance to get some reps, then you know they're going to be putting out too. So um, it's just one of those things where uh, I'm just excited to see that. Yeah. Now, obviously, they have to produce, but you know they weren't awful last year. I mean, they weren't as bad last year as they were the year before, and they're just getting older, and they're the same guys. So, you know, with, the, with that one transfer, so you just got to hope that that that's going to be the thing that can get us over the edge, and and hopefully push that running game over the edge, because right now the reliability of our receivers is whew, we, shaky we, at best. We don't know. Right. It's an unknown. So. Um, you know, and you think about it, and it's already the 15th of August. Isn't their first game in 16 days? Yes, sir. The 31st, yeah. 16 days. You guys, you yeah. know how depressing that is for me? It is so depressing to think about no, the summer winding it. down. Oh, oh God. my gosh, man. You live it in Virginia sucks. Beach. Summer isn't over until October. Get out of here. Yeah, but the ocean still gets cold. The nights get cooler. Oh, it God. starts to suck. It does. It does. It starts to suck. <laughs> Cry me a river. <laughs> Cry me a river. Hey, and by the way, I'm drinking one of your beers in, uh, that you left here. It's like it doesn't fit. They're Michelob Ultras. It's like, it's like fizzy water at best. Oh, here we go. It's like fizzy water at best. It doesn't, it doesn't fit inside of a can koozie because they make these really long skinny cans. Mm-hmm. I mean, so what do you do? How do, how do you keep it cool? Because, you know, I mean, I guess you just got to drink it fast, right? Is that, is, that how, is that how it works? Well, I mean, you saw me. <laughs> yeah. And I wouldn't even lie either, okay? Because as you had uh, strongly pointed out last time, we cleaned that cooler out. So don't sit here and act like you didn't like them and go and, and just buy yourself some more. I had so don't maybe, sit here. Don't, I, I had don't maybe one here. or two at the end of the night because my, all the good stuff was gone. No, no, because because we you said that we cleared out the, the fridge, so I I finished my beer, so and now you have a Michelob Boxer, so you, no, you must have went out. Is, and got, you must, no, you must this have went out is and got your some. beer. No, trust me, I'm not buying that. You must okay. <laughs> <laughs> if it came in a regular can, I might buy it. Maybe if if you know, I'm a oh, little I'm go. a little thicker in the mid midsection than Joe. I'm a midsection. I mean my gut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so, from the Mick Ultras, bro. Why do you think they make long skinny cans? <laughs> <laughs> so 
Sorry, so, sorry. Two point six carbs, ninety five calories. Ooh, the skinny man's beer. Okay, I see. Uh, <laughs> maybe I have to switch. <sighs> it's beer on a diet. It it is. It's no Yingling. I'll t- I can tell you that. Hey, same alcohol love, um, content as Budweiser or Bud Light. I mean, Bud Light. Yeah, Bud Light. Yeah. So. Uh, anyway, that was our beer segment. For this yeah. Episode. Awesome. Uh, Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for drinking my beer, a hole. No problem. Thanks for leaving it. So, <laughs> so. Uh, well, you t- practically begged me. Oh yeah, I did. Oh, totally. I'm surprised <laughs> I didn't shove it in your trunk when you left. <laughs> um, Figured you'd pour it down the drain. But... Yeah. Hey, that's alcohol abuse. I would never oh. do. I would never do that. Just, so even just sparkling beer. No, because you know my wife might drink it. <laughs> No, okay. Now he's got uh, more chokes. Ooh. Uh, so. Yeah, exactly. I do have the sound effects. I never break them out. Um, it's so you're not funny. I, 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 it's because I'm always too late. I'm always too late getting to it. And it's like, well, I'm not going to throw in a sound effect late. Right. Because it just doesn't work. And we try. We, we, it's like it's not funny if you have to explain it, type of thing. And That's true. we try not to edit too much. We pride ourselves on, you know, giving See, you a, giving you a live show. And look where this tangent got. All because you were depressed about a football game starting in 16 days. So yeah, oh, I just real, I just realized it because I'm just thinking to myself now. Now it's we're well, on. I can't. I can't wait. We're on though. Now this is it's every week. Because yep. next oh, week yeah. we're gonna do next week we're gonna do the defense, defense. Mm-hmm. and then the then we start games. Yeah, so sadly I will actually you'll be, be at up a wedding in Syracuse. And yeah, I'll be up in Syracuse for a wedding the thirty yeah. first, the day actually the reception starts right when we kick off. So right, so you I'm have still gonna try ESPN to figure app? out how to work this, huh? <laughs> you ever watch ESPN app? Yeah, you're right. That's Chris's wedding. Chris, shout out to Chris. I remember Chris when when we were younger. He's a good dude. Yeah, good dude. Uh, finally found finally found a good girl that can handle him. What, what's he? Thirty five. Um, I'm not gonna talk. So. <laughs> well, you got a good girl. It just, you just found one last year. You got one, you know, two yeah. years ago. What oh yeah. It? Yeah. Two years ago. I'm not married, but you know, it's good oh. for Chris. I'll, I'll be there and to support. Support, yeah, just to you know, be at the table on your watch ESPN app. You do like I do. <laughs> you do like I do is just put it, put it like one of those small earbuds in and throw it in your pocket. You don't really need to watch. Yeah, it. no, you're right. You know, right. and then everybody's yeah. just like, oh, what's Joe doing with the with the earbuds? Well, you I know, guess it's it? at the Genesee Grand, and I've heard that they have TVs at the bars there. So, oh, who knows? well, there you go. But I mean, it's just a rumor. I don't really know. I've never been there. I'm sure. I'm sure. I need maybe, and maybe some listener can hear this and answer my question. Yeah, please. If you do know scope this, scope it out. Scope it out for Joe. Tweet us. Otherwise, at, I gotta hook up some James Bond stuff. Yeah, the wire through the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, all right. Next week, we'll get we'll get back around the same time. We'll try to give it about a week. Maybe hit it up on Wednesday night again. And yeah. uh, we'll do defense. And uh, I guess that's about it. You have anything else? No, I'm just wondering if defense is going to be 1-0 and by the next time we talk about them. <laughs> are they going to have another scrimmage? Yeah. Oh, they are? They have, I think they have they one, they have this, one this Saturday. It's the, it's the, oh, okay. it's the, it's the, it's the FAM Fest one. 
So hopefully oh, okay, we can okay. talk to Brandon and see if he's going to be going there with his family. And yeah, there was uh, a- there's a meet and greet, and uh, hopefully also um, again too we're go- we're going to hit up some more. If there's more questions, offensive questions answered as far as wide receivers and some position battles, we're going to hit that up as well. So We'll hit that first. And now there's going to be a poll every week. There's going to be a poll every week before games and stuff to talk about. Plus, we'll do the fan feedback segment. All of that's going to be done at S-Y-R-B-A-L-L on Twitter. At S-Y-R-Ball on Twitter. So go there. Give us a follow. And that way you can answer the polls because polls are fun. And you know what's even more fun about polls is just watching it, <laughs> watching it change, yeah, man, for and, you. Seeing, and seeing and seeing uh, where everybody says that. What's fun about polls is picking the majority. You want to pick the right answer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You want to be in that group. All right. Yep. Well, I guess that uh, that about does it for um, the ramblings at the yes. end of the, at the end of the podcast. Hey, if no one. No one said we could never fill time, right? I mean, we just yeah. we just filled some time. So that's true. Um, that's what Michael Bolcher does to you. Yeah, I don't know. About that. That's why I ramble. <laughs> uh, all right, for Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. This has been the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. Be heard. Contact us on Facebook at Q's Militia Podcast and tweet at us using hashtag Q's Militia. And Joe throws down his headset like the true professional he is.